Hello, hola, and konnichiwa. I am your host, Daniel Gumby Freeland, and this is the Prelim Primer, the one and only podcast fully dedicated to the curtain jerkers. I, of course, am talking about those fighting on the prelims of upcoming UFC fight cards. This weekend is UFC Vegas 53, headlined by a bantamweight tilt between Rob Font and Marlon Vera. But those of you who frequent the show know we will not be breaking down that fight or any of the other fights on this main card because this is the prelim primer where we only break down the early portion. Now, for those of you who might be new to the show and asking, why just the prelims? Why not break down the exciting fights at the top of this card with people who we love, know, and really care about? And the answer is really simple. The answer is, we know you know who Rob Font is, we know you know who Marlon Vera is, and we know you know who Andre Arlovsky is. You wouldn't be listening to this podcast if you didn't. But there are probably a lot of names on these prelims that you don't know, and that's where there's money to be won, whether you're playing daily fantasy sports, maybe you're gambling straight up, or hey, maybe you just want to win a pick'em contest or look good in front of your friends. Well, we're going to break down those fights for you in just a moment, but before we do, I have to let you know that this episode of the Prelim Primer is brought to you by Maroon Social, M-A-R-U-N-E. Maroon Social is the one and only social media app for the martial arts enthusiast. Whether you do kickboxing, judo, sambo, jiu-jitsu, or any other martial art, you can use Maroon Social to log your training sessions. It's a really, really cool function, and there are tons more cool functions that I'll tell you about a little bit later on in the show. But for right now, just go download Maroon Social wherever it is you download apps. Now, let's get to breaking down these fights. Joining me today, frequent co-host of the show. You might know him from the Fixed Fights podcast with Kurt and Ben. Of course, I'm talking about Kurt Chase Patrick. Kurt. Thanks for joining me again. It was a pleasure, dude. I was looking forward to doing this, man. Thank you. All right. And as you guys know, we start each and every round by putting five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start this round by talking about Daniel Da Silva versus Francisco Figueredo. So Da Silva uh, dropped his October debut to Jeff Molina. He lost that fight by TKO. Francisco Figueredo, meanwhile, one and one in the UFC. He's coming off a unanimous decision loss to Malcolm Gordon. That fight was back last July. So, my question for you to kick off this one is, you know, Francisco Figueredo is a guy who seems to be pretty adamant about getting the takedown and is almost like willing to gas himself out to like go for it and, and to go for it a little bit on the feet too. Do you feel like De Silva is the type of person who can survive that and take him into deep waters? And if he can, is he going to be the kind of guy who has anything left in the gas tank? Uh, yeah, I do. I mean, Figueredo is... Nothing uh, like his brother, right? He's, uh, like you say, he's more of a takedown guy. Um, definitely guess. I think the Silva, I think the Silva will be able to, to weather the storm, at least in takedowns and get back to his feet. I mean, if you look at his fight, these guys are pretty, pretty well matched. I don't think really either guy stands out um, from the other in, in any department. So yeah, I do think that the Silva will be able to, to weather the storm if he does get taken down get back to his feet, and, I, you know, it might gas Figueredo in the long run. Yeah, and I, I kind of agree with you on that one. Do I think he'll be able to stuff every takedown? No, I, I think Francisco Figueredo is going to have some success with the takedowns. I, I think he's going to get De uh, Silva to where he wants him a couple of times, but I think that the fact that, that we saw so many people get back up fighting Figueredo it, it certainly cause for concerns for Figueredo. It certainly cause for concerns of whether or not he's going to be able to keep this up, so... Given that fact, yeah, I, I'm leaning with De Silva here. I say he gets it done. I, I'm going to say by decision. I don't think he's going to be able to get him out, even if he gasses him out entirely. So I'll go with Daniel De Silva. I'll take him by decision. How about you? I like that as well. I think I think De Silva, in, in a close fight, kind of edges it out, comes on strong late, and gets a decision. 
All right. Well, we're going to actually differ uh, on the uh, the the strategy here on this being a close fight, because I'll tell you ahead of time, this is not a close fight. And that's Alexander Romanov versus the vanilla gorilla Chase Sherman. Romanov 4-0 in the UFC. He last beat Jared Vandera by absolutely ragdolling him and ground and pounding him back in October. Chase Sherman, meanwhile, 3-8 and in the UFC. He's lost three in a row. He's lost to Jake Collier, Parker Porter, and Andre Arlovsky. Uh, look, I, I, I'll just be straight up and as easy as we possibly can with this fight. Is there any reason to believe that Romanoff is not just going to come in and steamroll Chase Sherman in less than a round? Absolutely not. I mean, were you were you a, a, a you know a WWF WWE fan? Yeah, uh, growing up. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. You know the term squash match when, <laughs> when the big guy comes in on uh, Raw and just destroys some jobber. That's what this fight is. And again, no disrespect to Chase Sherman. You know he he's had some moments here and there, but dude, Romanov is a beast. I should have looked this up, and I don't even know what Romanov is ranked right now, or if he's even ranked. But this dude is the truth. This is a guy that I can see maybe, you know, early next year, maybe not in a title fight, but but knocking on the door. I mean, this guy has all the goods. He's huge. This is going to be a really bad night for Chase Sherman. Yeah, and I'm with you entirely. Uh, For the record, he's not currently ranked, but I will tell you as somebody who has a vote in those rankings, it's not because nobody is voting for him because somebody has him. Uh, you know, inside the top 15 and comfortably inside the top 15. But I will also say this too. You, you mentioned uh, maybe not a title shot next year. If he got a title shot next year, I wouldn't be shocked. I would totally yeah, not neither. be shocked, especially because I don't know if you saw him. So this fight was supposed to happen last week. He weighed in for the fight. He's actually down 25 pounds from his last fight. And I wouldn't say he looks cut, but my goodness, does he look better at 240 than he looked at 265. So Look, I, I think he's doing all the right things. I think there's no reason to believe he doesn't go out there and beat Chase Sherman with whatever he wants. I'm going to go a little bit off the cusp here. I'm going to say he finishes Chase Sherman with a submission because he does have plenty of those in his tank. I'll say I'll say Alexander Romanoff by first round arm triangle choke. How about you? I'm going to go Alexander Romanoff by first round chest compressor, Josh Barnett style. <laughs> I love it. All right, and that's going to do it for the end of our first round. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back with round number two. All right, guys, one more really cool function about Maroon Social. I love the fact that you can log your competitions because, let's face it, who hasn't wanted a nice long record of all of the competitions you've been in? Back when I first started training, I wish I could tell you how I did in early competitions, or or maybe I don't. (laughs) But the bottom line is I wish that information was available to me. Well, for the last five or six years, it is available to me. I've been able to log all of those competitions in one nice, neat little place. I can tell you who I armbarred and when I armbarred them and in what city I armbarred them. It is such a cool function to have, and you can have it at the palm of your hands if you download Maroon Social, wherever it is you download apps. And we are back with round number two. I'm going to put another five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start this round by talking about Gabe Green versus Johan Lainese. So, Green, 1-1 one one in the UFC. He dropped his debut to Daniel Rodriguez. Bounced back with a win over Philip Rowe by unanimous decision. That fight was all the way last February, February of 2021. Lainese, meanwhile, won his contract on the Contender Series by beating a very tough Justin Berlinson by first-round knockout that fight in November. 
So my question for you, Linace, a guy who goes in there and he throws absolute hammers. The guy is trying to knock your block off seemingly with every strike. But my question for you is Gabe Green is a guy who went 15 minutes with Daniel Rodriguez. So is he too crafty for a guy like Linace to catch? And if so, what does that fight look like? I was going to say, man, for, for, for a two fights, you know, two fights into his UFC career, man, Danny Rodriguez and Philip Rowe, and especially getting a win over Philip Rowe, that is uh, it's a solid, uh, tough two fights. Now he's going in against uh, Linesi here. Yeah, I mean, listen, if you look down both these guys' records, uh, either way, I mean, obviously Linesi is undefeated. I believe he only has one decision on his record. But if you look down Gabe Reed's record, I mean, he's either finishing or getting finished. Uh, besides his, his his two UFC fights, so I, I I expect this fight to be an absolute banger. Um, I expect it to be wild. Uh, I think that Gabe Green is going to have to mix in some takedowns because, like you said, I mean, Lightacy throws bombs. He's looking for the finish. Um, this fight's going to be wild, man. Absolutely wild. I agree with you entirely. I think it's going to be nuts. And, and you, to, to your point, like I, I think it would serve him well to shoot some takedowns. He did score a couple against Phil Rowe. He went two for two in his only two takedown attempts. And, and I'll also say this, you know, like you, you said he's going to have to mix things in because he can't keep getting hit by somebody who's going to throw bombs. I actually might differ with you on that one because he got hit 175 times by Daniel Rodriguez and he didn't go down. Like not once. He didn't even get knocked down. And Daniel Rodriguez is a guy who's known to throw a couple of hammers too. So, I, I mean, with all that being said, I, I actually like Gabe Green here. I think he throws enough leg kicks that it's going to really mess with the distance of line AC. We've seen that in both of his fights where he's kind of like leaned on the leg kick and gone with uh, with that approach to like slowing down a big heavy throwing opponent. So I'm going to take Gabe Green here. I'm actually going to say he gets it done by decision despite the fact that I agree with you. This is going to be a wild fight. So what are you going with? I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Green as well, I think. But I'm going to differ with you. I'm going to go by finish. I think, you know, I think both of these guys are going to come out strong. Um, they're going to be throwing wild, wild strikes. Don't sleep on Gabe Green getting a submission. He's got like three or four rear naked chokes on his record. Um, you know, if Johan is out there throwing bombs and gets a little gas, Gabe Green does mix in those takedowns. You never know. But, uh, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm you know, I'm going to go Gabe Green second round rear naked choke on a gassed land AC. I love it. All right, and that brings us to our last fight of this second round. And speaking of people throwing wild, we got Mike Breeden here versus Natan Levy. So Breeden lost his October debut to Alexander Hernandez when he was knocked out early in the first round. Levy, meanwhile, lost his November debut to Rafa Garcia by unanimous decision. So with Mike Breeden, he is a guy who is wild. He throws lots of spinning shit, lots of flying shit, and he's up against a kind of technical karate guy. So With this sort of breakdown of two guys who like to strike but in very different fashions, which do you favor? It's going to be – I think for for Levy, it's going to be a lot about distance distance control, right? If he's able to stay on the outside – like you said, he has has a karate style, so he likes to control the distance, whereas Breeden's kind of like a a buzzsaw, right? He's looking to get in, throw big bombs. Um, Man, this is is, going to be – this again, you know, debuting against Alexander Hernandez is, is no joke too. But I mean, he got finished in a minute. Um, who do I favor, or what style do I favor? I mean, who's the last you know karate stylist that we've really seen successful, right? Like, you know, we had the Leona Machida era, the Dragon era, as, <laughs> the, as, as the Joe one Rogan Leona Machida, one one yeah. fight Leona Machida era, <laughs> where he barely even won. Um, 
But then again, you know, how effective sometimes is the is the swing and a bang and unless you're Derek Lewis. So uh I mean again this I, I feel like this might be, be another another wild fight if Levy cannot control the distance to keep breeding away, it might lead for a wild finish. You never know. Yeah, and I think that this is one of those fights where I'm going to make a pick, and I could look very stupid in 30 seconds. I could look real, real fucking dumb in about 30 seconds. And it's not because we don't have a good grasp on who these guys are. It's just like, this is either going to go into a blender, or it's going to be a 15-minute technical kickboxing match. And it's a well-matched fight, too. So. Yeah, yeah, and, and really this whole card, exception of Romanov, uh, is a, a well-matched fight card. So... Uh, I'm going to go with with Levy here. I actually think he's going to just catch Mike Breeden being a little bit too crazy. Uh, so I'm going to go with Levy by knockout. How about you? Uh, I'm going to go. Yeah, I'm gonna, you know what? No, you know, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Breeden by knockout just to, just to differ. All right. And that's going to do it for the end of our second round. We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back with round number three. All right, guys, one last thing about Maroon Social here before we get to the third round is I got to tell you about my favorite thing, and this is even more favorite than the last favorite thing I told you, and that's the fact that you can check in on your friends doing jujitsu, right? Like, we've all got a Facebook, we've all got an Instagram, where we all get a Twitter, and you want to check in on your buddies who moved out of town, who moved to a different gym, and all that kind of stuff. And they post from time to time, but it's not jujitsu specific, right? They're not telling me they're working on that go-go plata that they were working on before they left, or that buggy choke. Well, guess what? There is a place where you can check on that thing, and it's Maroon Social. Have you and your boys download Maroon Social wherever it is you download apps. Keep up with one another. Check in on your training sessions. Give yourself a little os right there because it's just like it's like the like button, but they give it a jujitsu flair. Let me tell you something. It's a really cool way to keep up with people and their training. Download Maroon Social wherever it is you download apps. And we are back with round number three. I'm going to put another five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start this round by talking about Gina Mazzani versus Shanna Young. Mazzani, one and one since dropping the flyweight. She lost to Priscilla Cachoeira by TKO last May. Shanna Young, meanwhile, 0-2 in the UFC. She lost to Stephanie Eager by ground and pound back in October. So I actually think it's a really smart move for Shanna Young to be moving down to 125. She seemed to get kind of bullied up at 35 but my question is, is, is fighting somebody like Gina Mazzani, who also fought at 35 and is looking buff as hell lately, do you think she even has a strength advantage coming down? And what is it going to look for her? If she, what is it going to look like for her if she doesn't? Uh, I don't think she has a strength advantage, man, because I think Gina Mazzani actually looked pretty big at 35 and now down at 25. I mean, yeah, she looks she looks cut up. Um, you know, this is this is one of those fights, too, where I feel like we get this a lot on the Creeland Primer, where it's like, Two guys or girls in this case that that really need a win because if you look at it, Gina Mazzani's been you know alternating wins for a couple. Um, Shana Young is 0 and 2 in the UFC, so these girls need a win to keep their spot in the UFC. Although it is the 125 pound division, and hell, one of these girls <laughs> might get a title shot after this win because this division <laughs> is ultra thin outside of uh, Valentina Shevchenko, but. You know, what I'm getting at is usually these fights where these two, where where the two fighters really need to win to stay, usually makes for a really really great fight. Yeah, I agree with you entirely. And, and the the point about Gina Mazzani looking cut up too, like I, I really think she's rededicated herself down at 125, knowing that she can make it, but knowing it, it's got to be a tough cut because you're right, she's a she's a big woman. So the, the fact that she's going down to 25, that she's feeling healthy at 25, and and really. 
I think she won that first round against Priscilla Cachoeira. I, I think she holds a lot of advantages here. I'm not quite sure how Shanna Young would even beat her. So I'm going to comfortably pick Gina Mazzani by decision here. Um, I, I think she gets it done. I actually wouldn't be terribly surprised if she got a finish, but I'm going to go with the decision. How about you? Five straight fights where she's uh, either won or lost by TKO. Uh, I'm going to go Gina Mazzani by TKO. I think she keeps that streak going. I think she finishes her and, uh, you know, Right, so Ship, she lost her last fight. I think she alternates the win here. All right, and that brings us to our last fight, which is Tetsuya Tara versus Carlos Candelario. So Tara comes by way of Valley Tudo, Japan, where he last fought back in November. He's, of course, 10-0 making his UFC debut. Candelario also will be making his UFC debut. He's 8-1. He's actually coming off of a loss to Victor Altamirano on Contender Series by split decision. And he got the contract anyway with a loss, uh, which is kind of funny because he won on Contender Series a few years ago, didn't get the contract, loses this time, does get the contract. Very weird situation. Here's my question for you. Tara, very quick finisher, but it looks like if you watch most of his fights, it's that he like tags people with the hands and then jumps on your back and goes for the finish. Is Carlos Candelario just like too tough to do that to? Because he is a really tough dude. So Candelario is... uh a ct guy so ct stand up but yeah i can larry you know i've watched him fight a lot i've uh i've been in a training room with him before he actually has a really uh solid solid ground game and he, he's a really good striker he's pretty lanky and long for the division so he's able to to, to and you, you know if you watch any of his fights he, he's able to pump out the jab he has long straight punches so i i don't think it's going to be as easy for uh uh, Tetsuyo to, to, you know, knock him down or just get to his back. Um, Candelario, again, he stays long and he really does have a, a good, um, you know, grappling game. And, uh, by the way, he, he beat Victor Altamario, by the way. That's yeah. why he got the contract. <laughs> I agree with Altamirano. you. Yeah, I agree with you entirely. And, and to be honest, I thought he should have gotten the contract when he won like two or three years yeah, ago. Like, like it, he looked really damn good. And the impressive part of him is, is what I saw out of him in those fights were that he has a really good ground game, right? Like he was able to, even though he got taken down a couple of times, like you, you look at the control time, it's like him five and a half minutes, Altamirano like two minutes because he just doesn't get held down. He doesn't get put in bad positions. He gets up, he sweeps, he reverses. He looks, gets back to the fence. Yeah. yeah, he gets his back to the fence and gets back up and like he looks good enough on the feet. And I'll also say this is, I don't think Tara just goes to the ground. Like, he doesn't look like he shoots takedowns. He doesn't look like he has that good of a takedown. He waits until he hurts you. And like you said, with, with Candelario being so long and having a good jab, like, I, I don't know that you're going to sting him. So what what is he going to do if he's a power puncher who looks to jump on the back when he hurts you if he can't hurt you? So uh, I'm actually going to go with who I was surprised to be, like a 2-1 to underdog here in Candelario. I'm going to say he gets it done by decision because it is a flyweight fight. Uh, but, yeah, I like him here in this one for sure. Yeah, I'm going Candelario as well. Maybe some CT bias there. But, uh, yeah, I'm surprised that he he's a big underdog here. Again, like, um, Tessiro has looked really good. But, again, you know, the opposition, who knows about it. Um, and, again, I just don't think he's going to be able to knock him down and, and get him to his back. I think Candelario is very good on the ground. And I think on the feet he's going to be able to – to stay at range and piece him up a bit. So I'm going Candelaria by decision as well. Really good fight, though. 
Yeah, and there are a bunch of good fights on this one, and we hope you guys enjoyed the breakdown of them. Once again, we gave you six fights in just a little bit over 15 minutes. You Remember, you can check out Kurt on Twitter at KCPKO. You can check out my show and all of our stuff at Top Turtle MMA on Twitter as well. Kurt, thank you so much for joining me, man. Always a pleasure, man. I appreciate it, and uh, hope to do it again soon.